And away we go. It is the Holy Grail BCJ podcast right here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Thanks, as always, to our title sponsor, the Holy Grail, Holy Grail Banks. Make sure you're getting down there for all of your sports entertainment activities. Get you get you some blueberry beers. Get you some Reuben wontons. We haven't had those in a while. I'm sure Kelly's going to... Uh, Kelly's going to head down there at some point in time here soon. Kelly got Kelly got to go to a game on Sunday. Didn't go, go well, but but she went to she got, so she got to go so to the game. It was her fault. Yeah, she's not allowed to ever go back. That's but, the way my dad used to be with Bengals games. If he brought someone and they that lost. wasn't wasn't like a regular and they lost, oh. you were never allowed to go again. <laughs> she had a great time. Uh, got to see a, a bunch of our. Our UC friends that got to say hi to Kelly and uh, help her have a uh, delightful Sunday afternoon. So that was nice. Uh, the game, not so much. Not so much. It was better than uh, the experience yesterday, Dave, when I was about to murder someone at roughly <laughs> 10 after 9. Not because, well, not they hadn't started playing bad yet. At that point in time, it was like nine, seven to four or nine to four. They were, they were, they won the opening segment, Dave. Yeah, to count for something. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the, but instead, the ESPN shit show that. Uh, yeah, I noticed I mean, that. What? They know games go over, right? They're aware of this. Sometimes games go over their allotted time slot. But when I saw when I I turned at nine o'clock to ESPNU. And saw West Virginia and Iowa State had like five and a half minutes left. I was like, oh, great. So then they put the little bug up that said, just go to the app. The game's on the app. Went to the app. Took me a couple minutes to find it because it wasn't anywhere readily accessible to click on the link to watch on the app. Then clicked on the link and uh, told me that the game had not started yet, even though it was in the first media timeout. Um, And that continued until... The game went live on ESPNU at the under 12 media stop, eight plus minutes into the game after a segment where Cincinnati had just turned it over four times and gave up a, like a 12 to four run or whatever it was. Yeah. We're in, a, we're in a safe space here, right? This is safe space. Yeah. You didn't watch. Nope. Once I, once I realized that the thing, the app wasn't working, and then I saw that it was a uh, NBA all-star weekend Orlando edition when this game actually finally came on. <laughs> I was like not watching it and to make matters even worse. Guess what? I did watch Xavier. Yep. <laughs> well, I mean, they lost, so it was, it was, it was interesting. It was a good game. Xavier game. It was compelling. Yeah. But uh, nope. I was like, nah, I know how this is going to end up. I can get some sleep. I don't need to stay but, up till eleven o'clock to see a see a fifteen point but, loss. But Dave, you, you co-host a podcast where we talk about the games. I know. I can still talk about it. <laughs> you can still talk about a game you didn't watch. Yeah, it's it's the exact same thing I said last week. Which They're is consistently inconsistent, and I think of late. They're just I think not, they're out of gas, man. They're just not very good, and they're getting worse. 
I, they're not getting worse. They're they're staying the same. They they are who they are. Like, well, I mean, I guess so. I mean, they've but they got worse. They got worse in one facet for like twelve minutes yesterday, which sunk them. Which was just inexplicably turning the ball over. Like that was we had. There was this issue in the yeah, but they the, did that the, the other Brandon era, not the Temple game, the game before that when they turned not at this level. Oh boy, this was live ball turnovers for dunks, like turnovers for touchdowns. Well, yeah, when, scratching your head, like what the hell were you just doing? You threw the ball right to them for them to go dunk it. Nine the crazy part it's in the first half, and UCF had seven dunks. Yeah, the crazy part. They didn't turn it over once in the second half. They turned it over 11 times in like 13 minutes in the first half and didn't turn it over the rest of the game. Like that's yeah, the hardest it, part about this team, right? Well, it's just like think none of it makes any sense. We've gotten to the point to I'm sure you have been asked this. I threw out kind of a hey, what do you guys want to hear us talk about tonight? Uh, I threw that tweet out there and someone asked you know we keep should they have a new starting lineup but this one they're, they're digging holes from the get-go this one's obviously not working and my response is like what what do you really think is going to happen is, with this right the starting lineup isn't the issue they're i mean like if those if someone that wasn't starting was showing that they should be starting. I don't think Wes would not be starting them. You don't yeah. just make a change to make a change, hoping that somebody that hasn't shown you anything in practice will all of a sudden show you something different because they're starting. Well, the answer to that question is very easy. Why isn't Wes changing the starting lineup? Because he feels the starting lineup is his best opportunity right. to win. That's games. what I mean. Like if someone six through whatever was playing to the level to show that you know, of a starter, he would start them. Right. They're just not, I mean, like we've kind of, what we've talked about and harped about all year is like, you have some nice pieces, a couple of, you know, nice players, but those guys need to be like super on their game. And right. They're they're just not like, you know, I, these aren't shots. I mean, they're just not they're not very good. Like the the parts aren't that great, right? And the guys that have shown to be good at times are wildly inconsistent from game to game or half to half or even ten minute to ten minutes. Like, <laughs> so you're just gonna have these like they're just I don't know they're you know, and I think. You look back, the Illinois game is clearly an aberration. You know, you played really, really good. But other than that, SMU's kind of the only game that against a team that I would consider good to pretty good that they've won. I mean, if you look at the wins, there's a lot of Empty. Well, did you see the 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 stat that I saw yesterday? I don't know. If what? you add if you add Central Florida into the mix, they are one and seven against the teams above them in right. the conference. Yeah, and six and one against the teams below them in right. the conference. 
They are who they like. That tells you right there. Yeah, they are who they are. Like it's it's a team full of, and, and this is where I think people get get. And somebody posted this on the message message board. I think today or last night, and it's pretty accurate. It's a team with a lot of one skill guys, like guys that have like one skill that that stands out that makes them a, a you know a, a competent right. player at this level. But, but even that you can't. It's a skill that can't necessarily be counted on to produce every game. Well, the problem with that is when you have a bunch of one skill guys, none of them get to be really just good at their one skill, right? Because then they have to try to be something that they're not because they're playing minutes that they don't necessarily need to be playing. So, like, if you had a team with a Jaron Cumberland and your one skill was catch and shoot, Jaron driving and dishing is going to accentuate your skill. They don't have anybody on this team really that drives and dishes. And Dave has done it a little bit more of late because teams have had to respect his scoring ability. But who a little is bit he dishing more. to? Right. But you don't have, like, when you're trying to put a roster on the floor, right? Well, okay, like, we got these guys that can play offense. We got these guys that can play defense somewhat. That is uh, regressed who are, who significantly. Well, Newman's pretty good defensively. Um, Abdul's still good defensively. Th that's about it. It was the big switching every screen, uh, but it, it had nothing to do with the big switching the screen. It was not communicating the switch. And when you don't communicate, that's where I think a lot of this is mental fatigue because they're not doing the the necessary things like defensively communicating you know uh, uh, making the extra rotation they're becoming they're developing poor habits as the season goes on because i think they're 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 dead I, west west talked about it in this fashion after the game um and and i think there is something to this especially when you have to maximize your potential to even stand a chance and because of the like rescheduling the Memphis game and how short and choppy that made everything, this team's not practicing much, and they're just trying to get through to the you know the, the next game is a thirty-six hour turnaround or a forty-eight hour turnaround. When you're deficient in as many areas as this team is, you need as much time on the practice court to like drill. This is exactly what we need to do. This is exactly how we need to defend this team. This is exactly what they're going to try to do to us. And when you're not getting that and you're just hoping that they go out there and like execute what you tell them, that makes it difficult. Oh, and, I, yeah. and when you're, when you're running as many games in a string together as you have, there's fatigue, whether it's physical fatigue or mental fatigue, it's there. Wes won't say it because he's, he says he's, you know, he doesn't make excuses and he's not going to, He's not going to stoop down to that level, but you can see it. They're just I not. Think, I don't think there's excuses. I mean, well, but he. I, when I asked him about it, he's like, I, "I'm not. I'm not going to give any credence to that because I think that's an excuse." I'm like, "Okay, but your team's gassed, man." <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're three and six in their last nine. They played. They've. I mean, this is going all the way back to. After the Memphis game that got canceled, they played 
on the 6th, the 9th, the 12th, the 15th, the 17th, the 20th, the 23rd, and now they're going to play on the 26th. Like, right. usually in that stretch, you get a week, basically a week. To, there's to always like regroup. There's or, always, or you, well, there's always just a time where you don't have. I mean, yeah. that's well, basically the American games. Conference. The, the American Conference, in their infinite wisdom, gave Cincinnati the final weekend of the season off. Why? The f- why? why are you giving anybody the final weekend of the season off? Well, if the Memphis and making game, them play all of those games through through February. Yeah, if the Memphis game doesn't have to be rescheduled, they would have had. A game on the twelfth at Tulsa, and then not had another game until at home the against 17th, Wichita State. State. Yeah, so you had a couple the days s- there. Yeah, which is why they stuck the Memphis game in there, and now they stick the Houston game in after South Florida. So right. again, yeah. So you just bang, 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 bang. Twenty third, twenty sixth, first, third. Yeah, in a twenty eight day month, like it's it, they they this is all kind of stacked up against them and it's unfortunate because I thought they got everything out of their talent all the way up to about scroll up Aaron real quick. Probably what all the way through that Tulsa game right there on January 20th. They've only won what three? Is that the, that's the 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 breaking point that we've got here? They've only won three times since then, so that was their fourteenth win. Um, and and the the loss at Temple clearly like shifted the momentum of the season. Which, as it turns out, this te- that Temple team's pretty solid. Like they're young, they're starting to come into their own. They defend, they're long. Yeah, since the Temple loss, <laughs> which is a month ago tomorrow. Yeah. They're they're three and six. Yeah. So I mean I don't know. And their wins are East Carolina, South Florida, and Wichita State, who they own. Yeah, <laughs> for whatever reason they, Wichita State is is going to be very happy to see Cincinnati head to the Big Twelve. I'll tell you that. It wasn't just the pick and roll defense, Luke. Their, their defense has just been. Whew. And I. It's so hard to fathom because that was that was why they were strong through that, like right through that tip, right around that Temple game. Yeah, till yeah. you know mid January. Well, until and really until the second time they started getting the second time into through the conference schedule. But the defense was still okay against Temple. I mean, it was a low score. It was just after that Temple game. Yeah, yeah, Temple's offense isn't isn't great. But then you started once Memphis and maybe right before Memphis hit, they teams just. Figured out something. Well, and so I mean, I, that's what we mean. Like Temple's offense isn't great, but they, when they came here, they were pretty darn good. Oh yeah. They haven't really, other than South Florida, they haven't really stopped anybody in a month, which has got to be driving West crazy, because that's his bread and butter. Like it's a guy that, that puts a heavy value on defense, and they are just playing defense at a dreadful level in stretches. Yeah, I mean, in all these losses, since the Temple loss, nobody scored under 75. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to win in college basketball if you can't hold anyone under 75 points. 
But we don't. Have, I mean, there's not much to talk about in the game. I don't think. No, I mean, I think it's uh, just plus you didn't watch it. So, oh, it's just been this. It's, I mean, is it really that much different than what we've been seeing? <laughs> no, no, no. Here, here's where I want everybody to, to reflect and maybe be careful. So, everybody wants this roster completely gutted, right? Well, I don't think you necessarily get you don't just get better because you have new players, right? I want to present to you, Dave, the 2007 2008 Cincinnati Bearcats. Okay. Okay. That was a team that was technically very old. Technically. Why were they very old? Because in 2006, 2007, they brought in seven junior college players to to be able to field a team. So only one of those players left. So you go into the next season, you get a really old roster. But you also had Rashad Bishop, Darnell Wilkes, Anthony McLean, Larry Davis, Alvin Mitchell, which doesn't necessarily count. <laughs> um, but you brought in probably the highest rated recruit of that whole group. Wilkes was high too. Wilkes was Wilkes was highly rated, and Biggie was also highly rated. Um, Mike Williams was injured, so you, you didn't have him that season. Um, Mick decided that those were going to be the foundation guys, right? Now, he brought all of them in, so this is a little different than what you're dealing with this year. But that team stunk. They won 13 games. Yeah. That's not a good team. But he stuck with primarily the core of that team. Now, things are a little different now because of the transfer portal. Um, that, that you can try to throw a Band-Aid on things a little faster. But the next class that he built above that team, that 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 crop, crop of freshmen, uh, Yancey Gates, Deion Dixon, Kashmir Wright. The group after that, Sean Kilpatrick, Lance Stevenson, Jaquan Parker. Those guys, all, with this? those guys were all old as soon as they stepped on campus. <laughs> Some of them were. Um, <laughs> but my point being, when they made the tournament for the first time in mixed tenure, yes, that team was led by primarily Yancey, Dion, Cash. Cash, SK, but the backbone of that team was the Goon Squad. Mm -hmm. And the Goon Squad was pretty much outside of Bishop, who was a starter, the entirety of that first freshman class that knew what their role was, had grown into the program, and had skin in the game. It meant a lot to them to return the program back to the tournament after what they had been through their first three years of college. If you, and what I, where I'm going with this is the skin in the game part. I talked about this a lot on the radio um, today. You want people that you're building around to be invested, to be fully invested. And I don't know that transfers are always that. No, I mean, you need guys that it means something to, right. like one year, two year, you know, mercenaries. If things 
go off the rails a little bit, how much do they care? Right. So I, I, I caution that to be careful in terms of the, I guess the catch 22 to that though is how many guys on this current roster do you feel comfortable about being those type of guys moving forward? And I I'm don't not, know. I'm because not when I watched, I'm not advocating for some, you know, massive roster upheaval. Um, when I watched that freshman year, I, I didn't think Darnell Wilkes could play. I didn't think Larry Davis could play. I didn't think Anthony McLean could play. Like those guys didn't, the only one really out of that group, well, you felt good about Alvin at times, but he had like four personalities. So I guess it matters more like who else comes in to raise the level of those guys to where they're not relied upon to fill major roles so that they can grow. And then when when they're juniors and seniors, they're vital parts of your program, even if they're not starters, but like those guys couldn't continue to be the best players on the team. Of course which is why recruiting is important. And we've seen Wes Miller have success already. Dan Skillings, Josh Reed, Sage Tolentino. Like Sage is probably going to take a year or two, but he's still seen as one of the five to 10 best big men in this class. Right. And, but it's just, and, and, and this class is even probably more important because that's that if we're using it as the, the, cor- the you know, corollaries to what you're talking Nancy about. Dion Cash. Right. It's the next class, so like the 2023 class. Right. Where SK, Park, Lance. You really need to hit it out of the park. Yeah, and they're, you know, Isaiah Collier. And I think that's the, not the apprehension, but it's just the unknown is like, you got to see what that becomes. Sure. To necessarily feel good that this is not going to, you know, that this is going to be a one to two year blip. And not a, you know, four to five year, you know, trend. Sure. But we didn't know that then. We don't know that now. We won't know it until we get there. No, we don't. But I think it just makes fans a little uneasy because, you know. If you're going to do it right, there's no quick fix to you it. Had That's what I'm the, saying. You're right. And, but fans, I mean, they're not close to the same thing. But it's like. Locally, we just watched a terrible, terrible football team for two years end up going to the Super Bowl. They're not the same. I'm not comparing the two. But fans have been fans of very, very successful, very, very winning Cincinnati Bearcat basketball for a long time. And well, quit being a bitch. Sometimes it takes a little time. To get things back on track. Oh yeah, that that's you, yes. Let's let's preach patience to twenty twenty two America. Uh huh. Yeah. You get out in front of that of that line, and I'll I'll be I'll have your back. I'll be back here going. Yeah, this was his idea. <laughs> yeah. Good luck with that one, pal. But there's no alternative. I didn't say there wasn't, but good luck selling that. <laughs> like, if you don't have patience, you're just going to be mad all the time. Because this is not a quick fix. Yes. <laughs> it 
It's it's not something that happens overnight. Now, you bring these three kids in, you figure out what you have to do ultimately is you figure out which of these younger guys are going to be your core. Because obviously, you know, best case to Julius and Newman have one more year. Um, I think Odie can have two more years. But he'll have like he'll be a you know technically a senior next year. Like those guys aren't going to be the core of 2023 when prospectively you're going into the Big 12. Right. So who is get like out of you know Saunders, Madsen, you know, obviously JD and Micah aren't going to be around, or they, they could be COVID seniors that year if they wanted to, but I yeah, that's that thing's gonna get fake. You know, more less and less guys are gonna. Yeah. As this goes on, you're just not going to see that as much because they're going to be further and further away from the year that was, you know, taken away. Right. And and can you cuz I think you're going to probably and that, that, like And frankly, that might just go away. Like at some point there's not going to be like a you're not going to be able to keep doing that. Well, but it was promised to everyone that was part of the sport in 2020, 2021. They okay. were that they get a COVID year. Everyone that was in college athletics gets a COVID year if they so choose. So, like a guy that was a, a freshman redshirt or a freshman can still do that in like what would probably be like 2025. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, 2024. You could go into 2025 with your COVID year. <laughs> That you know, that's 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 how it was. All right, I, I saw I forget who he, who he was playing for Kansas, I think Monday night. A guy on Kansas is in his sixth year and fourth team. Yeah, love it. <laughs> He's on my my college plan. <laughs> um, so I, I I just I'm saying. No, you need, to, you need to see what this next group does and what they're able to bring in for 2023. I feel like before you can truly make any hardline declarations about. But I'm more talking about from the coaching. Like, what are you, how are you, how are you behind the scenes structuring this going forward? Because I, I don't think what you, you can't continue to start over, over and over and over again. This is why the roster is where it is. Because for three consecutive years, they turned over half or more than half of the roster. Do you want to know why the roster looks like a jumbled fucking mess? Is because it, it it hasn't looked the same from year to year since like 2018. Like that, right. that's that it's impossible to build a program that way. You can't. You're 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 constantly you know plugging holes, and you keep plugging, and more keep popping open, and you keep plugging, and more keep popping open, and 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 in in due time, you forget what the hell you were doing in the first place, right? You're just uh, I need a I need a point guard, you. Uh, I I need a I need a, a forward, you. And and then you get them all together, and and it looks like this roster, because. None of it necessarily like complements itself because, like no, I said, no. it's a lot of one skill guys. And what do one skill guys need? One skill guys need three and four and five skill guys around them 
so that they can just focus on their one skill or be, excel in their one skill. And it, I, you just can't do it. It's just the frustrating part of like the, the lack of patience where this roster needs an enema. Everybody's got to go. Like West better find four spots, five spots in the transfer portal. Like it's not going to work that way. It can't work that way. If you're if you're planning to have any level of sustained success, no, the the transfer portal should be viewed as a complement and not a roster builder. Correct. The transfer portal should be okay. We we got a chance to be pretty good this year. I think we like if we if we if we could get a starting. Three and D wing. Like, we need, I think a, that, we need that, a shot blocker. Yeah, we need a shot blocker. Like we, we need a, a a point guard that can get us a couple buckets. It's like, not a we need three starters. Right. It's not free agency. I know everybody likes to call it free agency. It is not free agency. No, because free. even in free agency, the best players don't hit free agency. Right. So it's even below that. So. And there's countless different reasons why you guys are in the portal. And it's not like as some coaches try to make it out like it's a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. But if you're truly, if you're truly, truly good or you're truly, truly valuable to your team, you're not in the portal. Let's just be real. Unless you hate your coach. Like unless you just have to get out of your current sure. situation. Sure. Like there are a few guys out there that are like that. But for the most part, but you're those, in the portal. Those guys because- that are good and but hate their coach. They're not coming to UC. They might. We don't know that. Like, well, there, but there's not the problem being there's not many of them out there. Like, there, there's not a plethora, just guys everywhere. Right. Like, how many guys are, are really good, hate their coach, and it's and it really truly is like a total one sided thing. Because I, you know, there's there's truth there. You know, when there's a, when there's a disagreement between coach and player. I don't think it's ever like, oh, this guy is 100%. This player was 100% right. Right. Like, you know, he did nothing wrong to, to have this relationship disintegrate. Right. Generally, there's a reason. Generally. Not always. But correct. So, yeah. I mean, there's the younger guys. But see, that's the thing is some of those guys, they're going to need to prove that they can be that building block piece or Wes isn't really going to have a choice. Yeah, that's the, that's the unfortunate part is you need them to be that, but they also have to prove that because he's not just going to like keep, you know, treading water, so to speak, hoping that younger guys turn into quality, you know, program guys that he can then supplement with higher level talent guys. Those guys have to take that next step or, you know, they're going to get recruited over. Sure. Sure. And you're doing, and you're doing the whole, you know, the whole changing out half the roster because you don't have any other choice. He's got a, uh... that's my, that is my concern that moving to the big 12 the guy, the younger guys that we need to take those steps, you know, 
that they just don't get there, and that's that's where the problem lies, and that's where it exposes itself. Is they maybe could have got there in the American, but they're not. They're just not good enough to get there in the Big Twelve. But we don't know what that looks like yet. Oh, like that's no, I'm saying that's my concern is that that yeah sure that, that happens. I'm not saying that it's gonna happen by no means. Well, you would hope by the time you get you know 2023, this incoming recruiting class will be sophomores. Whatever you get from the portal this year, which I think will be one or two guys, definitely a big like a, a rim protecting big that those guys would have to be two year guys. Yeah, I don't. I like. I don't think right now you're in much of a position to go get grad transfers. No, I don't either. But you get, I think, but you get what you get. I mean, yeah, I, I just think philosophically, you need to get right now. You need to get like a little younger before you can right, go you into the Big replace, Twelve and get old. You can't replace Hayden and Adu with two more big grad transfers, knowing that. In 2023, you're going to have to replace them again, and you're going up to the Big right. 12. Right. So if you would like to. You would like to have guys for two years transfer at least two years transfer wise if you're bringing them in. Yeah, you need uh, some older guys season. who their first year is in the Big 12. Right. Or their second year. Sorry, their second year is in the Big 12. Yeah. No, it's um, I don't envy the staff because they 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 are not going to have it easy. Uh, once this off season hits, it, tough decisions to make, tough conversations to have, uh, and then going and figuring out the right pieces to, because I mean that's the beauty of basketball, though, right? Is it really like you can change your entire outlook with two guys, three guys? Yeah. You know, if you get one or two starters and a and a really good you know, guy guy off the bench that that can give you 18 minutes a game, all of a sudden everything about this roster changes. Well, yeah, plus if you get a couple of the younger guys, like the freshman hit, right. Take some steps that they become I I it's not even that they become like major contributors, it's just you just need some dudes that you kind of like we talked about. I don't know if it was last week or the week before, like with Memphis and Josh Manat. Like you just need some guys that you basically know what you're getting on a night in and night out basis. And that's the part. That right. They just don't have that right now. Like that is factual. You just don't know. And you need some of those younger guys <laughs> to, to step into a role that maybe isn't a starter's role, but it's at least like, I know what I'm getting. Like I'm going to get this basically right. every game. Cause that's, I think that's what makes it hardest of all. It makes it frust frustrating to the highest level is just the not knowing, like, how do you recruit? How do you develop? How do you do all these things when you literally like, I don't know what, you know, I don't know what I'm getting on a night in night out basis. I mean, you would you would love if like a Josh Reed comes in and can be a seven point four rebound guy off the bench, right? right? Like that would answer a lot of problems. But until they get here, <laughs> right. I, I think if anybody would have the chance next year, I do think it would probably be Josh. 
Yeah. Um, I think Skillings is the higher ceiling guy. I think Reed is more college ready, like day one. Yeah, to at least give you 15 solid minutes a night. Right. So, what is it with when we record on Thursday nights? Everybody wants to like message me. Like, personally message you? Text messages, uh, DMs on Twitter. Like, for some reason, there's just a flag that goes up. Can, when can, we you, start sh- recording can you share any of them? No, it's not anything like relevant. It's just <laughs> like people just want to hit me up. Like, hey, what's going on? Like, I'm I'm busy. I'm Matt, Matt Matt wants to know if you're excited to hit the road for AAU tournaments this spring and summer. Always, I love doing AAU tournaments. I, I you know it's it's a grind. It's uh it's a chore, but it allows me the ability to speak on. Daniel Skillings and Josh Reed, right? Like I saw both of those guys at least five times the spring and summer. So when the topic of, you know, what do those guys look like? What are, what's their potential? What's their game? It gives me the opportunity to, to have an informed opinion. So, yeah, I've always, I've always enjoyed, plus you like, I've been doing this a long time now. I've been going out on the road for like 12 years now. And you get to the point where there's a lot of coaches you're friends with. There's a lot of, you know, um, you, you end up getting to know a lot of the referees, even kind of uh, media members. Like, it, it's just a good time. It's a it's it's great networking. It's. Um, it, it's great for content and I'm ate up enough in the head that I enjoy going and working like. 16 hours a day. Well, plus after the last two years, it'll just be fun to hopefully get to go back out and do some of that. We were out last year. I was out last year. Oh yeah, it's true. I mean, that's when I got to see Josh and Dan. It still probably wasn't the same though. No, it wasn't. um, There were some changes and I had to be careful because of Kelly. Right. Um, And I still will be, but uh, it was, it was, the first year back uh so it wasn't like full blast what it used to be but it'll slowly get back to that the more and more it goes along um and you learn a lot you learn about like as you're watching you know these are the guys that they're interested in as you're watching the guys that they're interested in you start to get more sense of like okay this is the type of player that they want you know what i mean like oh yeah this is okay. This is what they gravitate towards. This is the type of wing that they like. This is the type of point guard that they look at. Um, it, it, the point guard thing is going to be fascinating for me because I thought they looked at quite a few really good point guards last spring and summer, and the evaluation on all of them was not good enough. Like Wes is like Wes wants NBA point guards. <laughs> so does everybody but it, it seems like that is his most uh <clears throat> strict evaluation right if the point guard isn't this 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 and this i'm not taking it because there were some dudes i thought like man that guy that guy there's been worse point guards that have played at uc <laughs> <laughs> 
And the, the, the evaluation when I start talking to people was like, nah, that's not it. Okay. So th there's some guys in 2023, not point guards, but uh, the point guards and others that I, I like a lot. And the staff is kind of like, I think we're looking for better. And I'm like, okay. Looking for better and getting better are two different things. Sure. That you go <laughs> back to the old Mick Cronin recruiting philosophy. Don't recruit, get. Yeah. Don't spend all day on someone that in if you really uh, were honest with yourself, you're probably not getting. That's not how Chad Dollar recruits, though, right? Well, Ch I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Bring, bring him then. Right? Yeah. We'll, we'll see how it ends up. I'm fine with that philosophy if, if you get As if long you, as it works. If you get him. As long as it works. Yeah. I do think it will work a lot easier with uh, – the best basketball conference in the country is a backdrop for uh, where you're going to get to play. You'd hope so. You'd hope so. If not, then it's it's a coach. That's a coach problem. Well, and and the the minutes that should be available. There should be there should be those. There definitely should be those. And that's you know, just like with football recruiting. Can you get me to the league? And how quick can I play? Right. The other stuff is not as important as a lot of people make it out to be. The difference in football, realistically, they all have to wait three years to get to the league. Right. So you get a little bit more leeway in football. Yeah. In, in basketball, those big-time kids are thinking, I'm going to the league next year. Yep. Can you get me there? We're on the fast track. We're, we're not on the developmental train. No. We're on the I'm getting to the league train. <laughs> all right i think that's about what i've got on basketball time stamp it aaron time stamp y'all i gotta call that guy and see if he wants to really sponsor the time stamp. <laughs> i've been meaning to do it and life has just been not oh not, that stupid life that stupid life thing has not been uh cooperating yes. um football football we are, let's see, nine days away from the start of spring practice day? It's ridiculous. I got, I got an email tonight from Athlon asking if I was in again to write the preview. And I was like, didn't the season just end? Yeah. Like, I, I yeah. need to start writing this, the 2022 preview. And it's like, yeah. Season did just end, and now it's and, about to start again. Yeah, we're we're about to crank back up. Spring practice. Uh, I figure we'll do a. I, I don't want it to be like an extensive, exhaustive preview of each side of the ball because I think they're especially with this this camp. It's going to be more important to do these afterwards, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe just like a three things. Yeah, I mean, I like I, I think we could just pop through position by position and, and not be, like, super long-winded about it. Uh, yeah. Would you rather do offense this week or defense this week? Uh, and then next just, week we'll do the other. Let's do offense. All right, offense. Quarterback. Not who much takes, going on there. Take snap number one? <laughs> Saturday. Next Saturday. Who is... Is Saturday no. the first practice? The fifth. Is that like the very first one, though, like with the acclimation yeah. period and everything? 
Yeah. Uh, I'll say Evan takes snap number one. I'm going to guess Ben. Okay. Good. We're on opposite sides, so we'll see what happens. I, I think we are very much, though, no matter what happens through spring, we are going to see as close to a 50-50 split in reps between those two. Well, I would hope. I mean, unless someone is just so much better than the other in spring, I would hope so. I mean, that's what spring is for. And by that, I mean, for people that are are new to to Bearcat Journal or new to our coverage, uh, new to the inner workings of things like spring football, the way it generally works is uh, like one of two ways, and they've done it both. Uh, I'll be interested to see how they do it this year. Uh, but but one guy will be with the ones one day, and then the next day the other guy is with the ones. Or they've gone as far – like, I think I, I remember when, when you know, the year two, uh, 2018, they were pretty much splitting, like, throughout practice. So Des well, that- would run with the ones, Hayden would run with the twos, and then the next drill they would switch. And Hayden would run with the ones, and Des would run with the twos. Um, That'll be the interesting, interesting part because we just haven't. It's been so long; like we didn't get to see spring ball, you know, the one year. And, and last then, year we were kind of limited. We were and there they, last but, year. We were limited, but we basically knew everything that was going to happen. Yeah, last year was the can of corn. <laughs> We knew exactly pretty much everything that was going to happen. So we haven't really gotten to see how a spring practice runs when you have so much competition at so many different positions for a while. Right. Even 2019, it wasn't like it's going to be this year. So it's you really have to go back to 2018 to a spring practice where, you know, there are yeah. – uh, more questions than there are already kind of confirmed answers. Right. I think it's going to be fascinating quarterback. Um, I, I can't wait to see, you know, how it evolves. Uh, if you had to, if you had to guess, and we know how Luke is, right? Like we're not going to, there's not going to be a QB one. There's zero chance. There's no. a QB one coming out of spring. He is riding this baby all the way to what the last week of higher ground, if not it, all the way to the opening game. What's Luke's philosophy? I don't tell you. I don't need to tell you anything until I need to tell you. Like, right? There doesn't need to be a QB one at the end of spring, so there's not going to be a QB one at the end of spring. Right. Um, so if you're expecting QB one by the end of spring, don't. Running back. Ryan Montgomery's probably going to be the first guy. That's what, I would, that's what I would think. You I think, think Ethan Wright I, is is it running back or it's safety? I think <laughs> first, I think Ryan Montgomery's earned it. Yes, I don't disagree with that. Uh, and second, I think Ethan Wright is still at running back. Okay, I do too. Not because I just think they like the options at safety and they want to see those guys. But this also also could be Luke saying, "I want to see what Ethan Wright looks at safety." We know what yeah. he is at running back. Sure, I mean the spring is the time for that thing. I mean we we saw it with Alec Pierce at linebacker, which lasted you know a day. It was about a week. 
he looked so out of place at linebacker. Like he had no desire <laughs> to be at linebacker in any way, shape, or form. It lasted a couple days, and then he was back at wide receiver. Um, Charles McClellan, Ethan Wright. I'm really excited for Miles Montgomery. Yep. I think that's what I want to see. I think Miles Montgomery can move all the way up to RB two or potentially the main guy if I'm he not, crushes it this spring. Yeah, I'm not gonna like. We haven't seen them obviously, so I'm not gonna say anything. I've dumb. seen him enough on scout team where he's had some some runs. Yeah, but I want like, I want to see him getting carries with the ones. I do too. I do too. I'm just saying, like running back is for me. Running back is different. Because running back, either you see it or you don't, right? right? And it doesn't the- matter, first team, scout team. You know, and remember, scout team a lot of times is running against the first team defense. And there were times watching him run against the first team defense that you're like, this kid's this kid's got a little bit of a little speed, a little power, a little bit of everything. I'm fascinated for and, and here's the other thing that I that I forgot to mention. We don't know. Um, you never know who they're going to have on their, like, uh, take it easy list in the spring. Sure. You know, who, who's nursing still from, you know, stuff that happened in the season and being only two months from the end of the season. Maybe you want to give this guy a light load. Like, I don't, I don't think we'll see Josh. The entire defensive backfield. The one year. Yeah. Like everybody just kind of like hung out during spring football. Um, so yeah, running right. back will I mean, be very interesting. And that's why I want to see Miles because he his high school stuff reminded me a lot of LaShawn McCoy. And our sources seem to be uh pretty excited about him. So I want to see if I'm also excited about him. And who recruited Miles Montgomery? The new offensive coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes you love sometimes you love your guys, right? Like you spent a lot of time a, everybody recruiting has them. A favorite, everybody has a favorite child, they just won't admit it. Yeah. The, those people that say that they love all their children the same are liars. Liars. <laughs> I'm not sure Kelsey's my favorite kid. And she's your only. Right? That, that you know. <laughs> um wide receiver. We, we know most of what I think we need to know here in terms of the, the ones, uh, you know, Jaden Thompson, Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, uh, Nick Mardner is going to kind of be the wild card. I'm interested in Chris Scott. I'm interested in seeing where Will Pauling's improvement places him. Be, you know, how close to Trey Tucker is he? Um, yeah, I'm interested in Mardner just from the fact of like, He's not. They haven't had a guy here. like him. He's not coming. Well, he's also he's not coming here to just like chill with the twos, right? So how do they work him in with Tyler Scott? Well, I think they'll be on opposite sides. I think you want Mardner as your boundary guy. Tyler no. Scott as your field guy. Jaden Thompson versus Nick Mardner is going to be kind of the. I feel like Jaden Thompson's ready for a big move. I think so too. Because I like. When when you really watch him, and he was just behind some older veteran, you know, yeah. like I think he's got the best true wide receiver skills of anybody on the team. 
I don't deny that. I, I don't disagree with that. I mean, he was a four-star prospect so for a reason. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to see him kind of like ascend into that type of a dude. Um, did I say Chris Scott? I'm excited to see yeah. where Chris Scott is at. Chris Scott, uh, like, it'll be interesting to how he works in with what Gino wants to do because he was, you know how you could, like, I compare it to the Bengals, like when Mike Thomas comes in the game, came in the game, you knew it was a run. Right. Almost nine, almost 100% of the time. Like, Chris Scott was like, oh, Chris Scott's in? They're running. Yeah. He's like, he's a well, really, same as, um, really, really Fisher. damn good blocker. When Wyatt uh, Fisher came on the field, it was a hundred percent a run. But Chris Scott would be on more. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm interested to see if he can expand his role from from that and see who else. You know, obviously, future Ring of Honor uh, name Will Pauling definitely want to see what he has. Yeah, I mean, I I think you feel like you feel really comfortable. Um, with what you have at the top of that wide receiver room, and you're really gonna get good a chance. In the, in the, I think you feel really, really good in the slot too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I Trey, mean, Trey kind of Trey took Tucker that and Will Paul last I feel year good. at the end of the year from Mike. Yeah. Um, but Mike was hurt. He, yeah, Trey, but, but Trey, Trey took, sees took the opportunity. Too. I mean, he yeah. didn't. You're right. Um, and then I I want to see JoJo Bermudez. He seems fast. Right? Like, that's already, is, like... Is that's, he fast? That's... Is he more quick than fast? Is he... See, I think he's a combo. Like, I is think he he's like both. A is he like, so he's like a Tyreek Hill? Hopefully. Or is he like a Johnny Holton? Johnny was like 6'2", though. Like Johnny No, was but like... I mean, like, right, but we just said, like, Johnny's, Johnny's just, just fast. fast. No, I think this kid's got a little shake to him. So I'm excited to get a look. I think he's going to be. I think we're going to be talking about JoJo like we talked about Will Pauling. I'm kind of interested year. to see. Just like I don't know. I'm. I know he did kickoffs and stuff. And special teams in high school is weird. Some states, if you kick it in the end zone, you can't return it. Right. Um, like I'm interested to see where he lines up if he's like. Because if Ryan Montgomery is going to be your number one or number two back, I doubt you're going to put him back on punt return anymore. So who, and do you maybe want to get Trey less less on kickoff? On kickoff. So who who kind of does JoJo does he fit in somewhere in in that world? Yeah. As a true or freshman? or is his path to success Gunner? As we've seen, like, do you really want? And they're awesome, so you might want them. I think but the, too small. Do you want the combo of Trey Tucker and Tyler Scott as your Gunners again this year? No, as awesome not, as they I are. If, I don't know if JoJo is your Gunner though. He's. Tyler, Tyler, well, let's see him first. Trey Tucker's a small dude, like it's small in size, but he's super physical. That's, yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna work, I'm not as concerned about the, the height, I'm the physicality and getting off let's the block. And right, but I, I just, you know, I'm not sure that's his, where his game fits. But because let's let's be honest, the reason the rate the rake had a really good year, Mason Fletcher had a really good year. But the key reason Mason Fletcher had a really good year is because Trey Scott and Tyler or Tyler Scott and Trey Tucker suffocated punt returners. Yeah. Suffocated. Uh tight end. We don't have to say a whole lot here, other than we haven't gotten your thought on this. 
Shaman Mateo hasn't had a week where he's run under 20 miles an hour in testing. Yeah, it's awesome. Now let me see that translate to an actual football field. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that in like a, I just want to see it. Like lots of dudes run fast. What's their play speed? Does 6'5", 260 pound dudes run fast? Lots of those dudes? Yeah. No. There's a lot of NFL tight ends that run fast. <laughs> yeah. But in, like in college, to lots of those college redshirt freshmen. I just want to see the play speed of it. Yeah. Like you can run fast in a straight line or however they're measuring, but like when your pads are on and dudes are in your way and like how fast do you play? I mean, you hope that it's something similar, but I just want to see it. Have you been surprised that he's been up there every week in the top five every week in speed? Not after he was up there initially. Like I, I didn't <laughs> think he was all of a sudden well, going to like go away. You know, you can one week like run really like as a track you, guy. I don't know if one week you run like 20 or 21 and then all of a sudden you like dip back down off the board. To 19? Yeah, you know, you never know. Um. So yeah, I mean, Josh, I'm guessing we won't see, or if we see, it'll be very limited. Um, yeah, he's coming off. He broke his foot. On, I wouldn't count on anything from him. And broke his foot and had surgery at the end. Like right, well, he didn't have surgery at the end of the Cotton Bowl. Uh, he broke his foot at the end of the Cotton Bowl, and then had surgery uh, shortly thereafter. Uh, if you saw when they had the uh, recognition of the football team the other the, what last Tuesday at Fifth Third Arena. Uh, Josh was still on crutches and, and in a walking boot. So generally, if you're two weeks from spring practice and you're on crutches uh, and in a walking boot, my guess is we won't see you for spring practice. No. So a uh, lot of work for Shaman, a lot of work for um, Caleb Schmitz, a lot of work for I wouldn't the kid I'm forgetting. Peyton single. Terry single Terry. Yeah, that's the one. Like, I wouldn't think you'd see much from Lenny either. Yeah, but he'll be, I mean, he's healthy. He'll be out there. Right. But out there and I just, I don't see a need to, I would much rather use the spring to see the, the younger tight ends. Yeah. But you, you still want a veteran if possible out there setting the tone and letting them know what work looks like. And like that you're going to see Lenny out there plenty. Uh, offensive line. This is a, a, an interesting one to me because essentially you lose Vinny McConnell. Mets steps in there as a first team all conference guy that uh, only started half of the season. Um, do you think we just see Mike Cummings come in and, and run it back with what they had? Do you think we see him tinker or is it going to be Tunstall, Cooper, Renfro, Metz, and O'Quinn, and he'll ride with that in year one. Uh, I hope he tinkers because that's what the spring is for. Um, who do you tinker with? I, I don't know. I'd what like you to tinker see with. Who the who the second team tackles are going to be. Uh, Cam Jones will be one, and John Williams. Probably John Williams. That, I'd like yeah. to see them worked in with the ones. The interior guys from the ones. So you want to see them at guard? No, I want to Both see them. them at tackle. Oh, along with the first team starters. Okay. Yes. Um, I think as 
you know, someone who fully admits that evaluating an offensive line is probably the hardest thing to do. I think they can get better at tackle. So I'm willing to use the, I'm interested in willing to use the spring as that evaluation period. Okay. I, I just think they can do better than, or get better there. Uh, I, I, I'm wondering, knowing what Mike Cummings prefers, do we see, like, do we get a look at Luke Collinsworth? With the ones and with the twos, maybe. Yeah. Big kid, right? That's that's six 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 seven. Yeah, I mean that's my, that's kind. Of, isn't that kind of the same thing with Cam? Yeah. But Cam was Cam wasn't naturally big. You had to build. Well, Cam was naturally big. He's Cam. Cam wasn't naturally, you know, three hundred pounds. Well, he is now. <laughs> he is now. He's also coming off a knee injury. We told you guys it was going to happen. Well, yeah. <laughs> for for the for the old heads, like you know, give it a year and he'll be a tackle. Oh no, they're no. not going to move him to tackle. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think that. I think that covers the offense pretty much, right? Yeah. I mean, I mean, I am interested to see, like, from a block scheme standpoint, does anything change? You know, I said I think they can be better at tackle. I also think they can get more push up the middle. I thought at times the, the inside run wasn't very effective. Right. Um, you know, they ran the ball. If you just look at, like, raw numbers – they ran the ball well, but the effectiveness and the efficiency of it um, wasn't there. And clearly, you know, got exposed against Alabama. But, that, I mean, that's not a knock necessarily, but that just shows you that it can, it can improve. I would agree. All right, you lined up other things for us to talk about. Timestamp, y'all. Spring preview offense. I thought we did pretty good there. We kept that to like 20 minutes. I think that was uh, yeah. a good primer for the people. Yes. So uh, the NFL Combine starts officially starts Monday. The on-field drills... I don't think start until the third, maybe. I have to look at the schedule again. Third or fourth. Uh, someone asked to guess Sauce's 40 time. So I thought we would take this a step further. And I came okay. up with over-unders for all eight projected Combine participants. All right. And we are going to say what we think their 40 times are over under, and I will mark them down. And, and these we, are they, just educated guesses on your part. Yes. Yes. Okay. I will mark them down 
on what we think, and then we will go off of they run it twice. We will go off of their best forty time as the official, you know, okay. over under mark. Okay. Who would you like to start with? I don't care. Okay, we'll start with thoughts since that one was okay. brought up. Yeah. Okay. Four point four four. I think he's going to run. This is the only one I've had a, a because I saw the question. I had a number in mind, and it was below four point four four. I think Sauce runs a four point four two. Okay. So Chad says under. I am also going to go under. But I think it's going to be very close to that. Well, yeah, I said 4.42. Like, I I'm, think it, yeah, I I'm don't, pretty damn close to 4.44. Yeah, I don't think he's a 4.3. If he runs a 4.3, shit. If he I runs mean, a 4.3, he's in the top 10. At 6'3", 200 yeah. pounds, that's, that's moving. Um, okay, Kobe, 4.49. I'll go under. I think, I think he's, he stays upper four fours. All right. I'm going to go just for the sake of this. I'm going to go over. Okay. And I think I think the number you've done a really good job on these first two numbers because they're right about where my brain is in terms of what I think they're where they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Now four point five would be tough for Kobe. Yeah, I still think it would be okay, but like he just doesn't strike me as like a super like. And maybe I'll be wrong, like. We were very wrong on Derek Forrest last year. That's true. We were super wrong on Derek Forrest, but I don't think we were. I don't think we were wrong to think that going in. No, I don't know that he showed us that. I mean, he literally went from a fringe draft pick to to a fifth rounder on his pro day. Right. Brian Cook, I'm not sure if he's going to participate. Uh, I have not probably seen. not because of his shoulder. If I had, right. well, the reason being, even if his shoulder is okay, he hasn't gotten to train right for six weeks like everybody else. Right. So, so I, I think had, if you're cookie, I think you wait until pro day if you can go at all. I had his number at four point five two. I think he's significantly faster than that. Okay. I think he's in the mid four fours. Remember, he was a corner. Right. Oh, yeah. It's just like running in the 4-4s is – we get – really jaded, fast. We get jaded a little bit because these tiny dudes come out there and do John Ross or running the 4-3s like – Right, 4-2s. Dudes that are 6-1, 6-2, you know, whatever he's going to weigh in at, 210, 215. Like running in the 4-4s is, is fucking fast. Yeah, it's fast. No doubt. No doubt. So, um, I'll say under on that, but we'll, you know, we'll see what I don't think he's going to run. I don't think he I don't think he needs to. Like he's he's built a ton of buzz just from tape review. 
Yeah. And I don't think he, being that he, like you said, like the combine is very much about like training for the events. Um, and I've heard some interesting stuff like that there's talk that they're going to totally revamp the combine soon because guys have basically learned how to train yeah. for the event so much yeah. that the numbers they put up are just not what they're Reflective. what they really right. are as a football player. Like especially in like the three cone and the short shuttle, like those things are not indicative of what you do on the field and they've just trained and trained those each step like it's gotten to that point where they literally drill down each step of the three cone drill to maximize your speed and that doesn't really show like can you truly bend and change direction like that when you're right. coming off the edge in pads in the third or fourth quarter with the 315 pound offensive lineman leaning on you right uh, Jerome Ford, 4.42. With the speed we saw from him, and I, game speed and, and running in a straight line speed, like running a 40 speed or different, how is he not a 4.3? Like we saw him run away you from think, everybody constantly. You would think, but that's just such a hard number to get to. I know it is. I know it is. I'll go. I'll go under because I just can't imagine he's a four-four guy. Watching him do what he does, like it, it, it just you know. I think I he's know. right on that number: four point four one, four point four two, four point four three, something like that. I'll say over. I'll say okay. four point four three. Pierce. Okay. Pierce. Four point four one. I think he's right there. Four one, four two, four point four one, four point four two four two. I think he's right there. Can I can I can I take the push? <laughs> that that kind of defeats the purpose of over unders. Well, but it, like if you want over unders, you're gonna like point five or like right. I, I mean you're not gonna get you're up. not gonna get anything deeper than uh, that. You're not gonna get down to the whatever. Um yeah, I'll I'll give you a push. I'm gonna four, say four, one. I'm gonna say under. I think okay. his testing is going to blow people's minds. I think okay. he's in the four threes. Okay. I think where he blows minds is with the vertical. Oh, the vertical for sure. Like the broad jump. Obviously I don't know a bunch about the other draft picks at wide receiver. Um, but like of the top guys outside of Chris Olave, they're like and Garrett Wilson, but I don't know. Like I think his, his jump is going to be, he might have the highest jump of anybody in the class. He might have the highest, like, vertical and broad. Yeah. Okay, so we go to Maje, 4.64. I think he's lower than that. I think he's high 4.5, low 4.6. I think he is, too. I don't – if he gets under 4.6 – I think that'll be really, really good. I'll be a little surprised on that. I would go four five eight, four five nine. I think he's just barely under four six. Okay. But I think we've seen the explosiveness from him that that you feel comfortable he's a right, four five guy. Do you have the carry like for the 40 ten yards? yards yeah. the ten yard split will probably be really good. Yeah. But like, where does you know? He's long and twitchy though. Like he's not bulky where I like where I think you get. And no. if he's trained for it for, you know, six weeks. Right. 
I think again, we'll see him get under four again, six. Again, six, whatever he is. Like six it's, five, it's, 240. Two, yeah, he's like, he was 240. Was he two? Was he at the senior bowl? Was he 242? I think so. Like, I, I will, I'll be interested to see what he weighs in at at the combine because I feel like he needs to be up in the two fives. If he's 250, then you're, then maybe it's, it's over four six. Like, right. I and, think if the lighter he is, the better his 40 is. Dez, four, five, five. I know I've gone a lot of unders. I'll still like, go slightly under. Like I trust Brady. Literally I'll go all, slightly under. all of them except for the Pierce push. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone under. <laughs> well, I think a couple of them have been right on. I think a couple of them have been a, a touch too high in terms of where the over-under is set. With four, I, I could see Des right at 4-5-1, 4-5-2. I just know we, everyone thinks they're going to be fast, and then when it comes down to it, there's always not as fast as you thought. Yeah, but again, we go back to last year, and these guys were all faster than we thought. Oh, right. Like, I like I think they, like, Brady does such a great job. I think 4-5-5 five, five is, like, right on it for him. Like, I think anything in the 4-5s is fine. Yeah. I just think he's going to be a little bit lower than that. I'll say under two. And then Beavers, 4.59. Slightly over. I think he's a 4.6. Low 4.6. And I could be wildly wrong on that one. He's a, he's a tough one. He was a tough one for me to come up with. Because, like, I didn't want to go too high in the four sixes because then I felt like, oh, he'll get under that. But then you start going into four fives and you're like, is the 260-pound dude really going to run, like, a four five six? Right. So I'm going to say under just for the fun of it. All right. But it'll be interesting. I mean, they're they're going to have the way they split it up. They're going to have dudes every day, right? Um, so, are we Wednesday next week? Yeah, I think there's basketball Tuesday, Thursday, isn't there? I don't know. Houston and SMU. I think it's Tuesday, well, that, Thursday. That sounds like a fun week. At Houston, at SMU, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at we Houston, actually. We'll be we Wednesday won't really be week, able to right? know about this next week. This will be a two weeks two week. from now yeah. uh, thing. What's your work schedule on Fridays? I don't know why. It just depends. Maybe we do like a – we had some success with like the happy hour thing Friday afternoon. Yeah. Like late afternoon. Mm-hmm. Maybe we do like an hour – or like 45 minutes Friday, yeah, Friday late afternoon. I think afternoon. live coverage, and I don't know when the testing and stuff actually starts, but I think TV coverage on NFL Network starts at 4. So we might be able to talk about a little bit, see what's going on then. Like go 4 to 5 or yeah. something like that? Mm-hmm. Well, they'll test. Like there'll be, there'll be groups that go before Friday though, right? Yeah, let me. Yeah, uh, quarterbacks are first. 
But it's like yeah. you get there and you do all this stuff, and on the on your fourth day there is your testing day. So I think right. it starts on the first, but the test Tuesday. Yeah, the testing doesn't start then until like their fourth day. Oh, okay. So Friday, I think. All right. Well, maybe not. I don't know. We'll figure something out. We'll figure something out. For sure. Uh, I have one for you. Okay. I'm going to have to answer this tomorrow on radio. Okay. Um, so I want to get your opinion. If you are the Bengals and you had to pick a Bearcat, who would it be considering current roster construction, draft position, et oh, cetera, et cetera? Super easy. Okay. Brian, Brian Cook. Brian Cook. That's mine too. Absolutely. Box safety, like he fits. Third, third fourth round, he's he's the heir apparent to Von Bell. Yeah. That's I mean, that one that one's so easy. <laughs> I've been I'm glad I'm on this. I'm, I'm, I'm glad my, I'm on my, the same page. On my PFF simulations, I've been mocking him to the Bengals consistently in that range. Have you been getting him in the fourth, or have you had to? Have yeah, because for some for some reason they have the the comp pick projections. I guess are out. They have them getting a fourth round comp pick, so they have like pick one thirty seven and one thirty three, and I've usually got him there. Okay. Now I'm again. We'll see. This stuff always gets updated when you know, as more information is out and if he doesn't participate at the combine, you know, and that's the thing is like, that's what I laugh about is people are like, well, you'll, you know, you're doing these simulations. Like, Oh, that guy will never be there. Well, how do I know that? Like you can only right. draft the guys that are there. Like some guys I know, like the defensive end from Minnesota uh, is probably a first round pick and where they have him rated. He's like still there in the third round. So I don't draft him because I'm like, that one definitely isn't going to happen. Um, but you can only draft the dudes that are that are there. Right. So you can't just you can't be like, well, I'm not gonna. I can't. I can't draft him. I don't think he's gonna be there. Right. But yeah, he would be the one that you know would make the most sense from a true realistic, like talent need position in the draft. That's where is that's Beavers. Who I think is what? Beavers possible? I don't think so. Like they just. Don't, I don't know where he – I mean, they seem to be pretty set with Pratt and Wilson, and they just don't play three linebackers. I mean, they have their yeah. – you know, they, they pretty much have their coverage guy, their tight end guy, right? I mean, Wilson is that guy. Yeah, who's the other one that kind of came on late? Well, that's Trey Flowers. Trey Flowers. If they yeah. resign him, I mean, he's a bigger DB. He's almost like a, I mean, he's a, a DB by trade, but he is a huge dude. Yeah. Which I hope they do resign him because he was, I mean, he was real big in the Kansas City in, in the AFC Championship game. But yeah, I mean, they they've got your four down front, you got your two linebackers, and then you know you kind of have your corners and safeties. And like Flowers played a lot as that kind of hybrid linebacker, third safety. Nickel, right? Third safety. I just don't like. I just, I just see him in more of a true three-four, where they're really playing like four linebackers a lot. Right. I feel you. Okay, go ahead with your other stuff. Um, 
one that I think is a good one, but I want to save it till after the combine. So, Michael, if you're listening, remind us if we forget is round predictions on UC draft picks. I think sauce that one. sauce one <laughs> sauce, sauce one. Um, like, I think it's a like, I hate saying this because I'm not a fan of the combine, but I think it's a huge week for Dez. Yeah, did you like, see Austin Gale's oh, yeah, mock he's today? Him, he's got him safely in the first round. Well, did you see what he did, though? Well, no, I don't know if I – I mean, is it different than his mock that he put out on the earlier yeah, this, this was, week? Yeah, this came out today, I think. He had him at 20, but not to the Steelers. He had the Steelers trading 20 to the Raiders. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's – yeah, I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, they get David Carr for the 20th Yeah, pick. they get they get Carr to the Pittsburgh's, you know, Pittsburgh feeling yeah. like they need a, an older guy to come in and be their their stopgap so they're not taking a rookie to be the I mean, heir apparent. I think it's I still think like I still think that QB1 spot is is up in the air. I do too. Like Well, here's the problem, I think. Normally, QB1 is pick 1. So we only have to focus on one team, or at least who pick, do they pick top five? I mean, this yeah, is, who yeah. does who does team one like as QB one? Right. We have no idea who's going to take a quarterback first. No, and Matt Corral, this is his first time anybody's seen him, and I think he is QB one for some people. So does he solidify that? Does it jumble it up even more? Right. Um. I don't know. It's it'll be interesting because you know these guys. You know when it comes down to it, guys are going to get pushed up because they just right. always do. So, for sure. You know, where does that leave? You know, where does that leave Des? I mean, I hope he goes as high as possible, but I also want him to go as just a fan of him. I want him to go to a good situation. Like I would just, I would like him to go to Atlanta, but that would mean. This, second round <clears throat> so i would like him to go f- higher than that right all right get back to us after the combine send send dave the bearcat journal account a uh, tweet after the combine and and dave will give you his round by round predictions uh and then you'll probably have to do it again after uh pro day which is what March twenty fourth? Yeah, something like that. Any other questions you wanted to get to from the peanut gallery? Um, we have a couple food ones. There was there was some stuff about chicken parms and bread bar. Dave, I'm so sad. I bet. I mean, I'm sad because I never made it there. What did we, did we know? What happened? Why Why are we shutting down? So they shut down a couple weeks ago. They were having some staffing issues and their HVAC went out. And I guess they just didn't, they didn't, couldn't recover from yeah. being shut down for a couple weeks. And today they officially shut the door. Uh, the, there was an Inquirer article uh, that you had to be behind the paywall. Sure. And I'm not paying for the Inquirer. So um, hold on. It is, it is funny that as you know, with the Bengals' success, um, 
a lot of Bengal fans have started to realize how crappy the Inquirer is, which just makes me laugh. I'm like, we've known yeah. this forever, guys. Uh, they went after our favorite editor uh, for his headline after the Super Bowl and some tweets that he apparently sent. Yeah. But it's like, hey, you know, as the UC fans know. <laughs> right? I told you that one. Um, I got a draft of Cincinnati Chili Parlors. I am not the best person to answer this, as I I think I've only really been to Skyline and Blue Ash Chili. Okay. But uh, And I only get Coney's. I don't want to offend any potential sponsors, so I don't know if we should, <laughs> if we should rank Cincinnati Chili Parlors, but I will just ask you, do you have a, a particular favorite Cincinnati slash Northern Kentucky Chili Parlor, and why? Yeah, I mean, there's no, there's no secret. I'm a Dixie Chili guy. Why do you like that more than the others? Uh, one, because I grew up on it. Nostalgia? And it's Nostalgia? Well, it just was like that was the one closest to what like there was like there wasn't a skyline or a gold star like right directly by where I live. You had to go like three miles this way or three miles that way. And Dixie Chili was right there in the heart of Erlanger. And that's what we ate. We ate Dixie Chili. Uh, the reason I like as I've now dabbled in all the other like it's a little thicker. Like it's got a little more. It's more, of, more, a chi- more of a chili than a sauce. It, it, well, it's still sauce, but it's not like runny, right? If that makes I mean, sense. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. for sure. I mean, that's why um, if, you know, if we're being completely honest, I prefer Detroit Coney's to our yeah, Coney's. It's chili, it's, like, it's more it's chili. chili. Yeah. Um, and it's like a, it's more of a mom and pop. The the Siracusanas family still right, runs. It's like a one off, and you know, there's three of them. There's one in the Newport's the original. There's one in Erlanger, there's one in Covington. Um, and it's just been like, like that's always been my spot. And now where we lived in and like where we lived before we moved, it was like 30 minutes to, to like about 20, 25 minutes to get there. And then 20, 25 minutes to, to get back. It was like an hour. So it's not top of mind when you're thinking of places to go, just from the time. Well, skyline and Skyline where we lived was five minutes away. Right. So you're not going to drive 20 minutes past. Right. You know. Now in the new place, excuse me, now in the new place, I can be there in like 12 minutes. I have also become more akin, Dave. Do you do like the homemade like you get the cans and make your own cheese conies or make your own no, freeways. I'm, my uh, my wife is not a I'm not a fan. So, ah uh, yeah. If, See, if mine I, is. If I eat Skyline, it's on my own. So mine mine is. So we will like I we've done like just gotten cans of Dixie Chili and hot dogs and buns. Um, here's a secret: if you've got an air fryer, if you're doing cheese conies, take the buns wrap them in foil and just put them in the air fryer for like a minute and a half. And you get that kind of soft bun that you get uh, when you go to one of the Coney places. We did get, we did get a kit of Detroit. style Coney sent to us. So nice. we, did, we did make those one time, but it's whenever I say, you know what? Whenever I say, I feel like some Coney's, she's like, well, you can do that on your own. You know what? I'm big on Detroit style pizza, pizza, 
Jets. Detroit style pizza is delicious. Jets eight corner man. Tur yeah. Turbo crust. Well done. Can't beat it. The, uh, Detroit style pizza is very, very good. Well, I also well, love Sicilian. So like uh, Adriana. They're Gross. very similar. Yeah, they're not. The what the Detroit style is a little more well done, a little more cooked. Just I think it's just Sicilian. a little, little, little bit thicker crust, not quite. Yeah. But yes. So you got to cook it a little more, and it gets a little. Jets double pepperoni turbo crust, well done, eight quarter. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I'm, a, I'm a Dixie Chili guy. That's what I grew up on. It's, it's. Um, but I'm still Skyline, you know, I don't have any like Skyline. I eat plenty. I had Skyline today because it was National Chili Day. Uh, so I got Taryn and I. How about this? I get Taryn and I Skyline. I get to the radio station. They had Skyline there for everybody. Would have been nice if somebody would let me know that. They didn't tell anybody they had it. They told like the, the lunch crew, the people that worked lunch hours. We, I was, you know, three to six afternoon drive. But there was leftovers and nobody said anything. Crap. Poor working conditions. It is. Without question. Um, okay, I have one question, but I have another one, too, that kind of goes into this. Okay. The question is, what does a perfect Bengals offseason look like? But I want to first go and ask you this. So, uh, the last two years, yeah, the Bengals have signed – you know, obviously spent considerable amount of money, money in free agency. But they have signed what I would consider for them to be one marquee free agent. Two, two years ago, it was DJ Reader. Last year, it was Trey Hendrickson. Mm -hmm. Who do you think slash want that person to be this year? I want them to trade 31 for Laramie Tunsil. Laramie Tunsil? I do too, but I think it would cost more than 31. So I don't think they'll do it if that's okay. Fair. 31 and Trey Wayne's deal. <laughs> yes. The Texans are run poorly. I do not think they're run that poorly. 31, Trey Wayne's, Bengals second for the Texans third. Oh, even it gets even better. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. They get they get a, a first round pick. A second round pick <laughs> and a starting corner. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. So <laughs> have the third pick and draft a new a left or right tackle. And look, I, I think it's time. The, the 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 process is changing. I am, Dave, I'm not, you know, I'm not a giant NFL guy. I like right. I, I know the NFL, I follow the NFL, but I'm not like like laser focused on the NFL. When I see these trades for Pro Bowl type players, oh sure, and it's like so and so gave up a fourth round pick, and I'm like that guy's that guy's a three time Pro Bowler that's 28. What that what the that to me is the final frontier of this whole new yes! new Bengals is yes is they have held so firmly onto draft capital forever because it was so important. When because they were drafting eighth. Well, and when you don't participate in free agency. Right. Like, I totally understand never wanting to give up draft picks. If that was the you, only way you were building your team. When you don't participate in free agency. Like, now that they do, 
are they going to change their mentality on that draft picks are not these like not to the point of that the Rams are because they're never going to be that they can't be that for numerous different reasons. Look. Laramie Tunstall's still what third or 20, 27. He's got two years left on his he's got two years left on his contract. Roughly Cheap. eight roughly 18 million a year. The Texans would be on the hook for some of that in signing bonus money. He has but, started since he came in the league. He's he's a very he's a very good tackle. It's like, wartime, and he knows how to use a gas mask. What are you going and here's the thing? Oh, is come like, on. You oh, can't I, laugh at that. No, I believe me. I've it's still one of my favorite draft moments of all time. You were just gonna cruise right by it. Like I didn't even say it. <laughs> no. I didn't make that joke on radio today because I didn't think it would go over well on radio. Oh, I so think I you could have made it. it. I don't know because the people that know would know, and the people that don't wouldn't. Yeah, still, that's one that, like, the, the, the GM might come in and be like, hey, Ixnay on the uh, <laughs> the Orway jokes. Yeah. But um, I saved it for this, and you just glossed right over it. Like, I didn't, sorry, like I was, it didn't even was, fucking happen. In a train, a thought train. <laughs> but, like, what are you getting at 31? That's better than Laramie Tunsil. Exactly. Nothing. And if and if that means you've got to throw in a third or or whatever, like I mean, your window is basically his now your window can be expanded, but your true window is really the, the length of his, the rest of his contract. Right. Because he's got two years left. You could franchise him after the second year. He'll be 30. Like He'll be coming – now, obviously, you'll have re, hopefully re-signed Burrow prior to that, but that would be Burrow's fifth-year option, the end of his right. deal. Like, that is truly your window, is the next three years. I just get sick of seeing these guys with this much talent. The, the Texans are going to trade they're, him. That's the other thing. They're not – they're going to trade him. Like, Go get they're, him. They're going to. Go get him. Go get Laramie Tunsil. If you talk about fixing this offensive line, how much different does everything look with Laramie Tunsil at left tackle? For sure. Now you have, what, Jonah Williams at right tackle. You re-sign Riley Reef and you put him at guard. Um, Are you a yeah, Quentin I, Spain guy? I'm, a, I'm okay with Quentin Spain as like your first guy off the bench. Um, I, I, I still, I worry same we thing still in, we're still in this world where the Bengals don't value guards when they've watched Joe Burrow I get his that, face beat in up I the middle for two to, years to change this off season. I hope so. Um, that's the dumbest shit I've ever, we don't value guards. I don't know if it's, and this is another thing, you know, right or wrong. Like they put a value price on a player position and they just don't move off of it. I think that's part of the reason that we haven't seen them do a lot of trades is that they overvalue or undervalue to an, a, such an extent that they're not, there's no wiggle room with them. Like, and some, and that honestly is to your benefit more than your detriment. 
Because that's how you more don't often end, than not, yes. That's how you don't end up getting this into a New Orleans Saints situation sure. where there's 76 million dollars over the salary cap. Right. Which is not a, which is not real money anyway. Um, there's all sorts of mechanisms and ways that teams are it, it becomes due at some point, but you can really push it down the line a long time. Um, but kind of getting back to the original thought, Laramie Tunsil, yes, but just from a strictly free agent standpoint, I would love to see them sign JC Jackson, like corner from New from New England. And I know it's not the offensive line thing, but like the DJ Reader thing came out of left field. Like no one was expecting them to be yeah, that's fair. Interested in a tackle or in a defensive tackle, and to you know pay what they paid. I just think you they're going to I've, to what level I'm not sure yet, but they're going to address the offensive line with outside guys. I think especially up the middle, the tackle market is frankly trash. Um, you're either trading for a Laramie Tunsil or your only two other options are really Orlando Brown and Teron Armstead that are serious contributors. Orlando Brown might get franchise tagged. And while Teron Armstead is very, very good, he's 30 will command probably 17 to $20 million a year. And in six of his nine years has missed five games or more. Like it's, Here, it's, here's where I think they are brilliant in their free agent strategy for the most part. We want guys 27 and under. Like second contract, I, I, but, yeah. but but proven players. We we are not being that 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 place where guys go to get their final paycheck. Yeah. Trey Hendrickson, Awuzier, Mike Hilton, DJ Reader. Guys like, hungry to prove themselves, had some success. For whatever reason, it didn't work out where they were, usually money. And that, that hits them well on the interior of the offensive line this year because you have guys like Connor Williams from Dallas, Austin Corbett from the Rams, James Daniels from the Bears that are all 2018 draft picks. So they're all 24, 25, 26, whatever that might be. Second contract. Corbett, this would be a third team. He was traded. He was drafted from the Rams – or Browns traded to the Rams – Right. But you're getting, you're still getting younger guys, but that have played. Yeah. And I just, with that many options at guard, I just, and center, you know, there's some options at center too if they are you, choose. Are you to all move. in on them, the guy from Tampa Bay? I mean, not, I mean, yes and no. I guess I'm I've hedging seen him project, projected to the Bengals I have many too. times. He's like, he didn't grade out actually pass blocking. He graded out worse than Trey Hopkins this year. Um, but I think they just need more power up the middle. And I think he would provide that. Um, they've been linked. Scotty, to, we need more power. They've been linked to Bradley Bozeman from the Ravens. Um, actually today who is a 2015 draft pick. So he's a little bit older, but he's still under 30. And 
not super athletic, but was, I think, second this year on offensive lineman pass block win rate. And I think would. Yeah, give me somebody that wins. Like, I just want somebody to stand there and block the dude in front of him. I do wonder, like, with, with Hopkins, how much of this year was coming back from the knee injury, which. Everybody makes a big everybody made a big deal about Burrow coming back and rightfully so. Hopkins was week 16, right? He tore like, his knee in January. Yeah. Burrow tore his in November. And he was back for the first game. So how much of it was that? And how much was it how much of his play was affected because of the right fucking guard being an absolute turnstile? Right. Like that was a disaster, right? <clears throat> like if he didn't have to, you could add Adenaje in the uh, in the deal for uh, Laramie Tunsil. Oh yeah, I'm sure that's what would put it over. And the top. Isaiah Price, Prince. Yeah, those would definitely help yeah. seal it. Thirty-one Adenaje Prince. Can we still trade Billy Price? <laughs> uh, no, Which, that trade worked I mean, out. Worked out pretty well. You got BJ Hill and a pick for that guy. Yeah. <laughs> now you know why the Giants are trash. But I think, you know, the next part of the question, which is a perfect Bengals offseason look like, to me, it looks like they do what is necessary to make the 31st pick be truly whatever best player they think is there. Laramie Tunsil. <clears throat> I mean, if that's what it is, that's what it is. I'm just saying, <laughs> like, they've addressed. I'm just saying, there's no one at 31 that's Larry Tunsil. No, but there's players at 31 that are not offensive linemen that I think make a, a solid impact next no, year. No, I agree. I don't disagree with you there. If they do what we all hope they do in free agency with the offensive line, like, don't put yourself in a position like they did. When they drafted Billy Price. Right. Like, don't make it be like, well, well, we didn't get this fixed in free agency, so now we got to get this guy, even though this guy is probably the 40th pick and not the 31st pick. Right. And was actually probably the 212th pick. All right, people are probably going to get mad. We talked about the Bengals this much, but that's what most of the responses were about things to talk about. People want to hear you talk about the Bengals. You need a Bengals podcast. Oh, apparently, I do. That's what the people want, Dave. Well, I, I mean, if, if they follow my my personal Twitter, they get a Bengals off season offensive line thought of the day almost daily. They want a Bengals, Dave Bengals podcast. Well, maybe we'll have to give one to them. Who's your co-host? I don't know. Aaron? I mean, Aaron would have to produce it, so it makes sense that he would be the (laughs) (laughs) co-host. I don't know. Who else? You know? Do we start Bengals Journal and make you the publisher? No, that would require me to do like a, a lot more work. 
Not necessarily. We'll just do a podcast, put the podcast up there, and let people talk on the message board. No. Um. Anyway, just kidding. They're fun. They're hey, they're fun to talk about now. Right. Finally. I mean, assuming there is a baseball season, how much heat in one year did they just put on the Reds? The Reds don't care. I don't know if Ed's told you, but you have an open invite. Anytime you want to come on to pardon the punctuation, I, he said it on the podcast. I know that much to be true, um, but you have an open invite to come on and, and talk draft anytime you want. I just know since we start at nine fifteen, that's a little past your bedtime. Well, I can come on at the beginning <laughs> if, if you if you if you want me to. I mean, if, just, if, hey, if you're feeling froggy, let us know any tell, Tuesday. Tell me when. I mean, I'll 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 be happy to come on and talk some Bengals. I'll talk to the boys. Just tell tell me what uh, what day I can I can be on early. I mean I'm up right Tuesdays nine fifteen. I'm up I'm, I'm up right now. Not like I go with to bed. At, it's not like I go to bed at seven. With Aaron Hammer and White Claws. I don't know what you're talking about. Aaron, did you, Aaron, did you see uh, what has been released in Florida, Tennessee, and Iowa as of today? Uh, no. Hard Mountain Dew. Oh, I did see that. Can't wait. Um, I will say that the uh, the Baja flavor by March first is fantastic. I will uh, I will be heading to Tennessee this weekend. It's your so, annual Vols trip, right? It is. Auburn. A lot of lot of love in the gym for that. Yeah, one. We, I, we, yeah. we picked we picked a good one back in the fall when we had no idea that Auburn was going to be this damn good. But yes, I'll be uh, trying to pick up some some hard Mountain Dew to give that a try. Nice. It's, it's five five percent alcohol, so it's nothing nothing crazy. Yeah, I messed up getting the uh, the eight percent White Claws. Oh, the, the the stronger ones. The the surge ones. Yeah, that was that was where I messed up. You need up to try. A, you need to try the um, the Budweiser hard colas. All right, I'll, we'll we'll see about that. We did a um, we did a sampling for those, and literally, I've never seen anything like it. Every person was like, "These are amazing. They taste just like cherry coke, or just like Sprite, or just like orange soda." That's dangerous. Yeah. So. Um, by the way, I did want to throw out uh, the Tampa guy that was never mentioned by name is Ryan Jensen. Ryan Jensen, Ryan yeah. Jensen, yeah. <laughs> there was there was never a name thrown out. It was just the, the Tampa are in, guy. Are you into the Tampa guy? No, yeah. not, not I don't know. Yeah. I, mean, I could go either way on the Tampa guy. <laughs> Tom Brady, <laughs> Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I would Gronk would be fun, and I think it would it would work for the eight ten games he would actually be healthy for. But they just right. don't use the tight end. You can't rely on him as a starter. I think. Are you re-signing CJ Uzama, or are you sending uh, him off to WWE? I'm I'm making an effort, but less than what he, he makes on the last. He makes contract. six. He makes six point one million this year. Are you Are you willing to go to like seven, seven and a half, <sighs> or are you letting him walk? Well, in my fan speak. Uh, mock free agency that I did the other day. I offered him three years, like probably around six and a half, and he turned it down. 
So we'll find out how much CJ loves Cincinnati, right? Like, they just don't. I mean, they run more 11 personnel than almost anybody in the NFL. Like, I I just feel like you just draft a dude in the third or fourth round and and you start over. That's not a blocker. That's a pass catcher. Right, like a Jeremy Rucker from Ohio State, um, Greg Dolchich from UCLA. You know, how much is locker room uh, influence and, and those type of things worth? I don't know. Like, But if you just don't really use the position, do you really need to pay a guy that's had some injury troubles like $7 million a year or more? Like I know that's probably a unpopular take because CJ, you know, is a seems like a fun guy and everything, but like the Reds made a a decade out of signing fan favorites and we and we saw how that worked. Yeah. Mushrooms, also a fun guy. Oh god. There's the dad joke. <laughs> Couldn't resist. Thank you. Thank you. Couldn't resist. The the better one though, the one I'm, you know. Do you draft punt god in the fifth round and you just have like the most dynamic special teams unit in the history of the NFL? They like kickers fifth round. I wouldn't hate it. I mean, I wouldn't hate it. I'd be doing like backflips, but then you know you'd have those fans who are like, can't believe. They used the fifth round. Not anymore. Not after after oh, Evan McPherson. Bullshit. bullshit! You know that there's people that are that you, <laughs> are gonna, yeah, gonna say that. You'd get dunked all over for taking a punter with the fifth round pick. But I'd was also paper taken in the fifth round. Yes, yeah. a decade and a half ago. Yeah, because he was good enough for a decade and a half. I'd also pay money, good money, to watch Dave Simone do backflips. No, that's not happening. You, you, you brought it up. But if they had if they had punt god and McPherson, holy shit. That would be that would be a lot of fun. Darren Simmons just like never leaves. Like he's got the best job in the world for the next 15 years. I mean, how good is how good is that guy had it? Yeah. Like, NFL football coach that has not been a head coach. And has been in the same city for like 20 years. He was in Miami, wasn't he? No, not Simmons. He's been here since Marvin hired him. I thought, yeah. I, thought he, I thought he left to go to, to the Miami Dolphins at one point. Mm-mm. Nope, he's been here the whole time. I'm not sure that's true. I am. <laughs> You're going to test Dave on Bengals knowledge? That's true. Jason says, can punt guy get a snap down on field goals? Huber is a good holder. He is. But uh, Huber ain't bombing no 70-yarders anymore either. So he's had had a lot of of kicks in that leg. Uh, By the way, if you know know Chef Corey Colton – at uh at bread bar like get us in touch we, we got to figure out a way to keep that guy and his chicken parm sandwich in cincinnati period <laughs> maybe we can get a food truck no there's got to be a restaurant that'll hire a guy that makes chick- the best chicken parm sandwich i've ever had period somebody had like come on 
I mean, Cincinnati, like for for as good as the food scene is, as a as an Italian, it's kind of it's kind of lacking. I mean, you have Soto, you have Boca for your higher end, and I like the one in uh, on on Ludlow. I'm not familiar. Bocce, bo- botch, bocce, something. I don't, I don't know. I, I yeah. can't think of it off the top of my head. I mean, that, it's I, very good. The, the The chef. They just have like the little like uh, like the little one burner things. Yeah. And he does everything. He makes all the sauces handmade, like right in front of you. The be- oh here you'll enjoy this. The best meal I had in L.A. when I was there was chicken parm at an Italian place. See, I was sad today, Dave. I, I found out that news in the two o'clock hour leading into the show at three o'clock. I, I was I was devastated for the start of the show that they weren't reopening. Devastated. Devastated. I'll just yeah. end this. I'll just end this episode with rest in peace, bread bar. It was a good run. It's a short run, but you know what can you do? Yep, Bell Luna. Things happen. Jason again. Bell Luna was good Italian. That was by our old house too. That was good. Oh well. All right, let's get out of here. We will. Uh, we'll see you next week, Wednesday, I guess next week, since it's sandwiched between at Houston and at SMU on Tuesday and Thursday. I don't know that there's anything I'm looking forward to less than that experience. Uh, well, at least they're but, both not at home. Yeah, true. Senior day, Saturday. This is a weird senior day, right? Because it's just Koval and Abdul. I, yeah, I think so, right? Julius has said he's not walking. He hasn't made his decision. Right. Um, and Newman, I guess, uh, Wes said on the, the coaches show tonight, he's not walking either. Usually senior day is like emotional, right? Like it's it's a guy you've at least there's a couple guys. Like there might be a transfer that's graduating, whatever. But there's guys that the the fan base is is emotionally attached to. Oh yeah, that's not really the case this year. So it's going to be a weird a weird senior day. But what about Sam Martin? <laughs> I'll be I'm emotionally attached to Sam Martin. I love me some Sam Martin. Just saying. Yeah. Oh, we, have, we have new offensive alignment offered. 65295. Seems small. I'm out. D, DJ Chester from Eagles Landing Christian Academy in McDonough, Georgia. Seems small. I I, I you know, I like him. I like him bigger in the yeah. lower half. 67320. Right. Give me those guys. <laughs> All right. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. Thanks, as always, to producer extraordinaire, the number three producer in the city, Aaron Smith. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com.